Thank you for tuning in to Our Black Voices Matter. We can't remain silent. We must speak up. So let the conversation begin. Hello, my name is Keela, and I am a qualified mental health professional in the state of Texas, Dallas to be exact. Um, and I will be speaking on mental health and racism and the impact on our psyche I have my own battles and issues with mental illness um, that began as um, postpartum depression, um, untreated, left untreated. So um, I got into mental health as a result of trying to understand my own issues and the stigma surrounding mental illness. The reason why it went left untreated, because, you know, there's this thing that, you know, blacks don't get mental illness. You just need to take it to Jesus, go to the altar or no, you just have to be strong. Um, but to be truthfully honest, I didn't feel strong um, with all that's going on in the world right now today with coronavirus and the social injustices of that are occurring with police brutality, the Ahmad Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and Greg Floyd murders, and the civil unrest that has occurred as a result. Um, it's it has been very taxing on my own mental health. Just to be honest, um, we are living in two global pandemics racism and the coronavirus or COVID-19. Um, experience with racism definitely have a grave negative effect on both your physical and me mental health, um, especially for Black Americans. Um, we experience anger, sadness, anxiety. I call it racial PTSD. Um, when I, I'm from Los Angeles, California, where racism takes on a more um, backhanded tone. It's more micro microaggressions versus living in Texas, where it's just overt. And to be honest, I actually like my racism straight, no chaser. So, um, however, it was very jarring when I first moved here and experienced that kind of racism. Um Every time I've been stopped by the police more times here in Texas than I have in my whole entire life living in Los Angeles. And I've never been given a ticket. It's always some foolish uh, reason they pulled me over and I'm, they never give me a ticket. It's just, 
oh, they let me go. They check my license and all of that. And then they let me go. And that's it. So I know for a fact I'm being profiled or whatever. I, I often am on the road alone early in the morning because of my work schedule. And so they see this black woman five o'clock in the morning on the road or three in the morning on the road. And I think, you know, they're just like, oh, let's see what she's doing. Um, but my heart literally starts beating fast. I get clammy. I go into a full panic attack when I see um law enforcement nearby a squad car nearby like i go into full-blown just panic that's racial ptsd plus the images that we're seeing on social media constantly we're constantly feeding that um our mental with these images of murder and then with the riots going on right now we're feeding our images with that and i find it hard to even disconnect because i want to know what's going on but at the same time i want to protect my mental health but i don't want to cut it off it's just it's insane and we have to practice self-care so it's understandable to have these feelings and reactions you know, as we experience these painful um, images and realities that our lives have taken. Um, and it's very specific. So we often feel a lack of control. Um, we then internalize what we're seeing. And then sometimes we even just want to avoid it. And that's where I'm like, okay, I need to take it off. But you can't avoid it when it's directly impacting you. Um, I guess I should discuss effective strategies to responding to racism. Um, and one would be to practice self-care. Also, you definitely have to disconnect, even if it's, an hour a day. You know, I know we can spend most of our days on social media or the news or Twitter or whatever the case may be, just completely digesting what's going on. Um, but we have to disconnect at some point. I mean, put your phone on silent, just put your phone away <laughs> and check it back in maybe an hour or two a day. That's one of my, um, suggest suggestions um also be kind to yourself like understand it's okay to feel the way you do it's okay to have these emotional reactions um i am angry i am angry at what i see and what's going on i've been a social activist and I'm also a social worker, but I've been a social activist since I was 16 years old because um, as a result of the 1992 riots in Los Angeles over the Rodney King beating, one of the first videotaped um, beatings of a black person by law enforcement, although it's been going on for centuries, um, decades. The whole inventment, invention of law enforcement were the paddle rollers <laughs> who were on slave patrol. Um, they were born out of a racist institution. They were born to specifically target slaves, runaway, runaway slaves, or, sla or freed slaves um, 
and that's actually how the criminal justice system turned specifically to target um, slaves. They could no longer enslave us, so they used other means to incarcerate black people during the antebellum South. Okay, so it's okay. That's one way to deal with it. It's okay, understand acceptance. Acceptance is the answer. Um, when we experience these emotional react, react, reactions to racism, um, just like I said, be kind to yourself and um, take that moment to breathe and then process. And it's such a prevalent issue, it's kind of hard. You can't avoid it. That's one thing that we definitely can't do is avoid it. We have to accept it and deal with it. 88%, um, here's some statistics. 88% um, of blacks in America um, believe or have experienced, believe they have experienced racism. Um, 87% believe uh, the characteristics of racism are very serious or a serious problem. 78% see racism as being widespread in the United States. So this is um, a nationally represented, re representative poll and survey that indicated the overwhelming majority of black Americans. And this is how they view racism. Uh, it could take on many forms. Microaggressions, like I said, that I experienced in Los Angeles, um, to full-out racial slurs being called the N-word or jigaboo or something like that. And um, that often happens in <laughs> the South. Um, or to being physically assaulted, as we're seeing in the news today with the mod Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and Greg Floyd. So what I can say is you have to understand um, how you can link racism in how linking, how understanding the link between racism and anxiety. Um, it's, it's some scientists call it, or researchers call it racial battle fatigue. So that includes worry, hypervigilance, I, which I sometimes go into headaches, anxiety, increased heart rate, blood pressure, and other physical and psychological symptoms. That, I have experienced all of those. And um, it definitely, it can be daunting. You know, especially when you have a physical reaction to it. Um, it's pervasive and far-reaching. Um, like I said, it represents a lack of control, internalization, and avoidance. So, what I can say is I'm actually seeing a therapist now. Um, through all of this, if and I know mental health for Black Americans because of the racial disparities in healthcare and mental health can be um, hard for others to come by, but I definitely recommend if you can afford uh, therapy, find a state uh, mental health facility that offers free services. There's typically one, especially if you live in a major city, 
there's one in every major city. But get yourself to therapy if you find yourself experiencing any of these reactions because it's okay to talk about it. want to end that stigma. Um, it manifests in different ways. For example, um, the colorism. Believing that your skin tone is valued or devalued depending on how dark or light you are. That's, you know, colorism runs rampant in my family. I'm one of the darker, kinkier haired persons in my family. And I definitely experienced that as a child. Ways to cope. Stand on your values. You do not have to take racism from anyone. And it's okay. Be principled in that. Um, I already spoke on self-care. Have compassion for yourself. You're not overreacting. You're not hypersensitive. These are real emotions. Understand them and understand that it is a natural part of our experience. It's okay. And then just take care. Um, journal. Journaling is a good outlet. I write poetry. If you have that artist poet in you, do that. Listening to music. Um Going for a walk to let off steam, yoga, all of these are things that you can do to process strong emotions in your life. Anyways, that is about all that I have to speak on. I'm sure a whole lot of other thoughts will come into my mind after this is over, but I do thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak on these things. Protect your energy, protect your space, and protect your mental health.